You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Hour number two. It's The Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. We're not in the Doug Lacey Basement System studio. Not today. We're on location. Out in the boot. For the Calgary Hospital Home Lottery, we're at the $2.7 million show home, custom built by Calbridge Homes. Tomorrow at midnight is the absolute final deadline to get your tickets. Uh, not only would you win this $2.7 million house, you get an, an Audi Q8 Progressive 2023 version supplied by Glenmore Audi. That'd be cool. And two hundred grand in cash that you could roll around in in your new home. You like, could just like, like Scrooge McDuck style. Do you know what would be fun? You could just like put it all loose bills, yeah, like fives and tens, just in the back of your Audi Q8, just yeah. like all the, and then just drive down the yeah. street and open your windows and it, just watch the people just like well, flock. But you also need like a sack with a big dollar sign on it too, right? Yeah, like a big money bag. Yeah, of <laughs> yeah, course. Sure. You definitely not? need that. Yeah, yeah. Um, as well. Later on in the hour too, Jeff Blair hosted Blair and Barker. On the Sportsnet Radio Network, talk about the Teoscar Hernandez uh, trade, and he's got uh, he's got World Cup coverage coming up on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Really looking forward to that. And uh, by the way, people in Toronto are getting upset uh, with us because I gave out because we're, we're on location. I have my laptop. I still have access to the Fan Five Ninety text line at five ninety five ninety. You guys are doing a phenomenal job of just flooding their text line with uh, the most inappropriate victory songs for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah. And you're doing a great job of it, and you're getting people in Toronto upset with us. That's good. We like that. Uh, and it's been fantastic uh, so far. Keep those rolling in, 590-590, name and location. In Toronto, I'll read them here on our radio station. But right now, uh, NHL insider for Daily Faceoff, he's waited long enough, uh, Frank Cervalli, brought to you by South Trail Chrysler. With inventory shortages across the city, it's the perfect time to sell your vehicle for cash. Visit SouthTrailChrysler.com. Frank, good morning. How are you? Good morning. So let me get this straight. You guys yeah. are going to, someone's going to give you 200 grand in cash, and you're going to yep. put it in small bills, and you're going to put it in your Q8, and you're going to drive around with the windows down. Make it rain. Yeah. It's the what holiday is wrong season, with you? Frank. Uh, it's like a Robin Hood mentality. Yeah. But tell me if you didn't win two hundred grand in cash, you wouldn't want to roll around in it like Scrooge McDuck. Uh, no, I, I probably already <laughs> spent it before it's given to me. That's okay. the problem. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, this home is ridiculous, by the way, Frank. Two point seven million dollars. It's just, it's gorgeous. It's fully furnished, and uh, you should probably get your ticket too because I'm sure you'd win, and then you can move from the United States to Calgary, and then you can come in studio for your hits. There you go. Dude, I'd be excited for that. Yeah, see? There you go. Yeah, plus You're you on get board. 200 grand in yeah. a Q8. Like, That's it's right. a pretty sweet deal. You, you can't yeah, beat it. You, so not only do you get the house, but you also get a car to fill your garage. I'm sure it's a Correct. nice yes. three-car garage yeah. as well. And and all the proceeds go to a terrific uh, cause, uh, the uh, Calgary Hospital Home Lottery. Okay. Uh, Frank, you're on our show. Uh, we appreciate you jumping on every Thursday. Calgary uh, kicks off a six-game roadie tonight in Tampa Bay against uh, the Lightning. We know the schedule has kind of been not kind to the Flames, it's been really weird. Giant homestand, long road trip. But isn't this kind of an advantage? And I know points matter just as much in November as they do in March and April. But isn't this an advantage for the team to maybe get the toughest part of their schedule out of the way? 
Yeah, I think so. I mean, I was actually just looking at the schedule, and, and I was looking at it saying they, they have an opportunity here to make some hay. Like, I would say the start of the season for Tampa and Florida has sort of in some ways mirrored what the Calgary Flames have experienced. A lot of talent, expectations, and some nights where they look really good and some nights that are clunkers. And neither one of those two teams have had a losing streak like the Flames did. Few in the league have to this point. But you've got those two games to start and then three very winnable games against the Flyers, Penguins, and Caps with minimal travel before closing it out on a back-to-back against one of the best teams in the league in Carolina. But those three games in the middle, Philly, Pitt, and Wash, like that's, that's an opportunity to really put something together um, against teams that have really struggled. Um, the Flyers of recent and the Pens and Caps um, have really been – you know, trying to figure out their game. We've seen with the Flames that they've shuffled their lines a few times, trying out some different combinations. But I think even going back to the the preseason, Brad Treleven believed that this team needed another scoring winger. I know it's not necessarily the loudest. We're maybe starting to hear some rumblings here and there as some teams kind of get an idea what the season's going to look like. But who are you maybe looking at as some teams that might be looking to to make a move uh, at this point in the year to switch things up? Maybe some some potential trading partners if the Flames were going to jump into the market? I think there's a couple teams that have sort of, you know, jokingly in conversations between managers, like, hey, I I would trade all 23 guys right now. Like, we've reached that point in the season where it's like, I'm sick of my – I'm sick of looking at my team. I'm sick of the team that I put together. And I'd like a new one, please. Can I I exchange this, sir? I would like to trade my team for years. And so in in a very laughing, tongue-in-cheek way – that's actually like the tone of some of the conversations between managers, um, you know, even stretching back to the GM meetings earlier this week, which is interesting. The only GM meetings that they have all year where you get all 32 guys in the same room before the trade deadline, the other one's not until March after it's over. And so to answer your question, Maddie, in terms of some of the teams that may be willing to shake it up, um, you know, I would say that, when you look at, at the bottom of the standings, the Ottawa Senators are one that have been very active. I think the San Jose Sharks are open to just about anything. Um, I think the Chicago Blackhawks are ready to mix it up if you'd like to, um, to start you know, unloading pieces if there's anyone on that team if you'd want to grab. Not yet at the Patrick Kane and Jonathan Tave stage. Um, but, you know, go down the list, like, some teams are capped out. Some teams don't have the prospects and other teams are, are ready to mingle. I think a Nashville would be willing to entertain something. Um, but Vancouver is ready to dance. They've been ready to dance for a while and, and haven't pulled the trigger on anything despite being in a ton of different uh, conversations and, and act varying activity levels. Vancouver, who knows what they're doing with their coach? Like it's, it's sort of been confounding in terms of how that season has started, but that's a list of a few teams that I think are, are ready to go. St. Louis, you should add in there as well. 
Yeah, won a few games recently in a row, but definitely one that I, I think a lot of teams are looking at as well with some interesting players that uh, would, would certainly have some value in a trade. Um, one of the teams you mentioned is the San Jose Sharks, and one of the players I've been kind of fascinated by this season as far as will he, won't he, where will he end up is Timo Meyer. Uh, eight goals, 15 points in 18 games to start the season. He's an RFA at the end of the year and has a $10 million qualifying offer. I'm just wondering how you think things might play out with this player who's 26 year old left hand shooting plays a pretty truculent game for a six foot player um an, an intriguing guy as we get closer to the deadline or, or maybe even the holidays i'm glad you mentioned timo meyer because as soon as you were heading down the sharks path i was like oh is he gonna ask about carlson and i was there for the conversation with mike greer this week which a lot of people wrote about and it was really interesting about Carlson in the sense that it wasn't interesting at all <laughs> in that it, basically the question was like, if teams were calling about Eric Carlson, would you listen? The Sharks have been in lottery territory for three years. Mike Greer's in his first year as the Sharks GM and they need to revamp things. Who's saying no to that? Like who, who is calling you about Eric Carlson, the guy with four more years left on his deal at 11-5 and slamming the phone down? So the news, but not really news category, if you're looking at it. But to me, Timo Meyer, I think, is the real intriguing piece on the Sharks. And the reason for that, of course, you mentioned is that he's due for a new contract. He's 26. And unlike Tomas Hurdle last year, who was a pending UFA, Meyer is a pending RFA. But that qualifying offer is so big that he's probably not in a position to come anywhere close to getting paid that money, given where he's at statistically. And on top of that, um, the Sharks certainly, given where they're at, probably shouldn't be bringing him back on a long-term deal, given that it's going to be a few years again before they're competitive. So I, you know, I don't want to speak in absolutes, but I would say there's a very small chance that Timo Meyer is a San Jose Shark next season. Um, and that whether I'd assume that it includes some sort of deal that happens before the deadline. It could go this summer based on the contract scenario and situation. But I think we saw last year with Eric, uh, sorry, Alex Debrinkit in, in Chicago of how difficult it is to trade a player that's a pending RFA with a massive qualifying offer due at some point to bring it to $9 million this summer, that it makes it hard. The Flames have been in this spot where players have a ton of leverage one year before free agency, even though they're not exactly pending UFAs. Uh, Frank Saravalli, NHL Insider, brought to you by SouthTrailChrysler.com. Joining us here on the Big Show, Russick and Rose Sports at 960 The Fan. Well, I, I got to – you mentioned Carlson – and during the broadcast last night of the Sens and Sabres, they were talking about, would that even be a possibility that he would go back to Ottawa, a new ownership? He's clearly familiar with the fan base in the city. You think that's even remotely possible? I do. I mean, I think the bigger question is, is that exactly what the Sens need right now? As well as he's played, like, do they need an offensive piece that's going to score them 65 points on their blue line? I would argue they need a really good defender. But the intrigue is there, and I think you'd have to be open to it if you're Eric Carlson. I think he left on some interesting terms based on 
sort of the way things played out and, and Eugene Melnick sort of had his fingerprints. He had his fingerprints on every single thing that happened in that organization, but especially that. Um, and there were a lot of people, no, no shock, not breaking any news here, that were turned off by the way that he ran things. And the fact that you have someone like Daniel Alfredson now back in the fold, um, who is also very close to Eric Carlson. I'm not sure if you guys read his, his love letter to Daniel Alfredson as he went into the Hall of Fame this week. Um, it, that, that I, I think to me that would open the door to something like that happening. Um, but it's also probably going to be a really expensive piece, like to not necessarily to trade for in terms of assets, but to add to your salary cap that at some point the Sens with the long-term contracts that they have are going to have to think about where something like that might fit in and does he fit their age scheme of where they want to go. But how awesome would that be to bring Eric Carlson back? You know, it'd be for the fan base, maybe for him and his family. Um, it'd be pretty unbelievable. Um, we talked about the St. Louis Blues a little earlier. I just want to get your read on them, Frank. Uh, that's a team that's been on a big, long winning streak, been on a big, long losing streak. That's a team that almost knocked out the Colorado Avalanche last year in the playoffs. If they win that game six, who knows what a game seven holds for them with the Avalanche and they're falling flat on their face in round two of the playoffs. Uh, are they sellers? Are they buyers? Should be sellers? What do you think the St. Louis Blues should do? Well, I think what they are is bipolar. You're either binary. You either win or lose. You either go on a streak or you are absolutely in the ditch. And that's what they've been to this point. Uh, they had, they went on that run with eight straight losses. They started with three wins, eight straight losses, now four wins. You're like, yeah, it's unbelievable. Like, I mean, we all, it's like me at, it's like me at a blackjack table. Like it's, it's been crazy to watch. Um, but I would say what they are is patient because I was watching that team in the first few games, especially with the way that they went in and handled Edmonton very early in the season. I was saying, I'm liking this Blues team. Like, I, th- I think they were a 109-point team last year. Uh, their over-under in point total this year was 95. And I was like, I was saying that was one of my stone-cold mortal locks of the season. Their team wasn't all that different, and yet they were expecting a 14- or 15-point drop. I was like, where is that coming from? They have intriguing pieces that are pending UFAs in Ryan O'Reilly and Vladimir Tarasenko. And I think there's a push to try and see what they can make of this year. And that Doug Armstrong resisted the urge during that eight-game losing streak to do anything rash, um, I think it also speaks to his intrigue and confidence in this team. And... They've beaten some good teams now as they've gotten going again, including Vegas and Colorado, that, I, I don't know, maybe they can turn it around. Like, they're kind of still, they've got some work to do, but they're only five points back of second place in the division. So it's not like they're out of it by any means that, I don't know, I would say they're going to hang tight and, and see what they can make of it. That I, I don't think they're sellers, and I could certainly envision a path in which they're buyers if they continue to, you know, get things back on track. Frank, George and I were talking about the the Blues a little earlier on, and one of the players we focused on that had left is David Perron. And I guess just when you see the Blues slide and the way that they have, how much more does it build kind of that that case for David Perron being one of the more underrated players in the last five, maybe even ten years in the NHL? 
I think it's a really good point. And I actually asked some Blues players. I said, they, they, it's really funny when things kind of go bad. Um, and for any team, like I, I've been getting messages from guys on the Canucks. Hey, what's happening? Like, what, what are we doing? Is, is Bruce getting fired? Is there going to be a trade? Um, that's I was great. getting some from the Blues, and <laughs> they were they were also saying like, "Hey, what's happening? Like, what, what, are we is anyone leaving? Like, what what's going on?" And I said, "Man, it seems like you guys really miss David Perron." And they said, "Yeah, you know what? Ryan O'Reilly does, and so does our power play." And when you look at Perron and the way that he's been able to defy the age curve, and it's it really it's amazing to look at his numbers because. He pops with that 60-point season in 2019-20 as a 31-year-old. As a and you're thinking, there is zero chance this guy can do it again. He comes back with north of a point-per-game season in the shortened season in 21. Last season, 57 in 67 games. And then the Blues inexplicably let him walk. They were faced with this either-or decision of Nick Letty or David Perron, and they took the guy – that they felt like could help defend the house better. I'm not certain that I would hang my hat on Nick Letty, but given what we've seen from David Perron, I don't know how you could bet against him at this point. He goes to Detroit, and he's been fantastic again. Like, there's no drop-off. So not only do they miss him, but it seemed to be a miss for the general manager. Frank, we, we talked about the Buffalo Sabres, and, man, I, I feel for that fan base. I know why they're not going to that arena because it's it's kind of like show me that you're actually a good team again, and lo and behold, uh, the November swoon uh, from the Buffalo Sabres in full effect now. After a blockbuster October, they're back to being the Buffalo Sabres and losing a ton of games in a row. Why does this keep happening to this franchise every year? I don't want to say it was entirely predictable, but it was pretty predictable. Um, in the sense that when you looked at some of the results that they were getting and you had a stretch where Eric Comrie played with a 943 save percentage, like it is actually the math is insane to have him now down to an 887. Like that, that speaks to how tough this run has been for him and their goaltending. Um, and, and I looked at this team at the beginning and first off, I love the way that they compete. I'm not knocking this team at all. I, I just didn't see the group on paper as being better than the Red Wings or better than any of the four playoff teams or in, even the Ottawa Senators who have vastly underachieved to this point in the season. I don't know that I necessarily saw a seven-game losing streak coming um, to really kind of you know hit with a thud, but this team has a lot of growing to do. And where they're at in the standings, seventh out of eighth in the Atlantic, is sort of exactly where I predicted that they would be. And in that sense, I'm not patting myself on the back. I would need a really big arm to reach. Um, (laughs) But I'm saying that they made a conscious choice this summer, when you think about it, that they didn't go out and sign any big free agents. No one was putting up banners in Buffalo saying – we won the summer like the Sens were. They made a choice to say, we're not going to be letting anyone come into this team and spend huge money as a free agent that's going to get in the way of the development of our young players. And that's what you're seeing play out is 
young players that are at times making mistakes and there's going to be growing pains, but I think the Sabres are ultimately going to be better off for it. And it is still Buffalo um, in the sense that guys, did you see the news today? They are getting a yeah, hundred and forty four centimeters of snow between now and Sunday. Yeah. Hit the under four Frank. feet, four feet yeah. of snow. Yeah. It's up to 177 centimeters now <laughs> with the latest projections. Oh my goodness. In four days. Yeah. 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 That's going to be a lot. Yeah. And I'm going home to Niagara Falls this weekend. total for like huge, vast, like swaths of Canada. Yeah. For the winter. Yeah. It's going to be crazy. We're looking forward to it for sure down in Buffalo. I wanted to ask you as well, you had mentioned it uh, a little while earlier, the Vancouver Canucks and Bruce Boudreaux. There were reports that maybe he he, they didn't want to – relieve him of his duties too close to the Hall of Fame ceremonies with uh, uh, several Canucks going into the Hall of Fame with the Sedins and Luongo. Um, you mentioned that you were getting some texts from players questioning what's going on. What is the latest on Vancouver and 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 what could happen next with this team? I know you can't see me right now, but I'm literally sitting at my desk shrugging. Like I, I don't I, I don't <laughs> I don't know. I, I cannot figure it out. Um, I, I, I it's 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 been bizarre to watch, like to yeah. to hear the general man or the president of hockey ops, even above the general manager, run the coach over with the bus and then back it up a couple of times and do it again. And then they continue to lose. And, and I don't know whether it's I, I, I thought for a while that, you know, Jim Rutherford has been around a really long time. Like he's not saying, you know, he, he knows it full well what he's saying. And second, mm-hmm. he's not saying it just to say it. So it was sending a message, and I, I couldn't tell whether it was to ownership saying, like, i got to hire someone new here. You've got to give me the green light to do it. I know you don't want to pay three coaches, but we need it. Or basically now with the way the wheels have fallen off, you know, and, and the math is incredibly difficult now for, for the Canucks to, to make a run of it, that maybe they're just going to let them wallow in the stink of this. Mm-hmm. And and maybe the best course of action is not to bring in a new coach, but to allow them to just sit in it for a while and eventually pluck off pieces as the season goes on and maybe see if you can bottom out this year for this incredible 2023 draft class. Doesn't I, I, quick, I can't go ahead. I, I can't figure it out. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, Frank, just real quick. Doesn't that just make the JT Miller thing just even more perplexing? Yes. And I, okay. I think that's that signing has well. There's a few things that have really contributed to the demise of the Canucks. One is the Ekman Larson trade, which really set them back, and two now is this this Miller extension that not only threw things off with Bo Horvat and I think the rest of the team because I don't know that JT Miller is the most popular guy in that locker room, but the fact that they're in this spot now where they, can't, they, they probably can't even get anything from Miller given the contract. They signed him after a 99-point season that he probably will never duplicate, and he's probably more of a winger than a center, that they're, like, they're up the creek without a paddle. Frank Cervalli, uh, NHL Insider for Sports at 960, brought to you by South Trail Chrysler. Uh, Frank, always terrific stuff. Uh, thanks for this. We'll talk to you next week. Hope you guys win the dream home, and uh, okay. if you do we'll win the over. cash, yeah, I, I'm we'll yeah. Over. Well, I'm coming over, and I'm inviting myself. 
I will bring okay. food, and I, I want to trail your car as you're giving all the money away. <laughs> yeah, we can fives and tens are flying out the back window. All right. Perfect. I'm, that's, that, that's right in my wheelhouse. Do you know okay, how fast I am? <laughs> uh, like, <laughs> you, do look, you do look fleet of foot. Isn't that one thing you've always wanted to do? I don't know if you like, in those glass compartments where the money flies around and you got to catch it. Like, they've had those things no. at, like, casinos as prizes. I've yeah. always wanted to do that. No, I could think of a few other things, though, I'd like to do. All right, yeah. Well, of course. Uh, Frank, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, pal. See you, guys. Uh, Frank Cervalli brought to you by South Trail Chrysler. With inventory shortages across the city, it's the perfect time to sell your vehicle for cash. Visit SouthTrailChrysler.com. We're on location here at the $2.7 million show home, custom built by Cal... Bridge Homes. Uh, it's the Calgary Hospital Home Lottery. The absolute final deadline is midnight tomorrow to get your tickets. Uh, make sure you get your tickets. It goes to a great cause. Straight ahead. Yeah. Jeff Blair from Baseball. Blair and Barker. We'll talk about the Teoscar, Teoscar Hernandez. Teoscar, Teoscar Hernandez. I'll miss Buck saying that. Uh, the Teo trade. Um, and we'll get his thoughts on the World Cup. And I think we've got to do some more text messages too oh. uh, because people in Toronto are getting sour at you. Well, maybe... Maybe not me, but you, the listeners. And they're been, on to their next show. So yeah, so you've been give hammering the, the 590, 590 text line. Mm-hmm. Uh, what would be the worst victory song for the Toronto Maple Leafs? You're doing a great job. Keep those rolling in because I have access to the 590 text line right now on my laptop on location. It's all straight ahead. It's the big show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, the fan. You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. It's The Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Later on this hour, uh, Valerie Ball, Director of Communications and Community Engagement for the Hospital Home Lottery. Uh, We're on location right now at the $2.7 million show home. You get that, a 2023 Audi Q8, and 200 grand in cash. The absolute deadline to get your tickets is tomorrow at midnight. Uh, we'll talk to Val Ball straight ahead. Yes? And it's for the Calgary Health Foundation. Yeah, it's great. Pretty, it's pretty good, good cause. Pretty good cause. Jump in. Uh, also, keep those texts rolling in at 590-590. I, I have access <laughs> to their text line because I have my laptop on location here. What would be the absolute worst Maple Leafs victory song? Uh, keep those rolling in, 590-590. Uh, people in Toronto were getting upset with us, but it's fun. Uh, but right now, who's always fun? Uh, he's the host of Blair and Barker on the Sportsnet Radio Network and Sportsnet 360. We say good morning to Jeff Blair. Jeff, how are you, pal? Good, fellas. How are you guys doing? We're good. Uh, thanks for jumping on today. Um, the whole Teoscar Hernandez trade, uh, I know my initial reaction was underwhelming. What was yours? I'm not surprised that Tay Oscar was traded. I think if you um, if you view it in you know in, in kind of a total context, uh, getting rid of Tay Oscar saves them fourteen million dollars this year, and he he was not going to resign with the team. So I mean that that was abundantly clear last year. I don't think the team ever really made a serious attempt to sign him. Um, but getting getting rid of him, trading him, coupling that with the money they saved by dropping Rymel Tapia and Bradley Zimmer off the books, I mean, that's about $20 million uh, off next year's payroll. Now, ownership hasn't told Ross Atkins you've got to cut payroll. As a matter of fact, payroll is going to be probably more this year. How, how much more? 
you know that depends on the on 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 the quality of the players the Jays have access to. But I think what it comes down to, guys, is that the Jays thought the Jays looked at their lineup, said, okay, there's no point in running this thing back because it hasn't been good enough the past two years. This year was exciting and wonderful up until you know those final three innings against Seattle. But it's not like this is a it's not like this is a team that went to the World Series. And if you know if you watch the postseason. I mean, I got to say, I think the Seattle Mariners probably did the Jays a favor in knocking them out early because I think they would have been obliterated against any other any other team they're going to run into in the American League. I mean, they just weren't that good. So I think Jays ownership said, okay, well, we know that we need to add some balance to the lineup. We know we need to add a left-handed bat. Um, that that's important, and not just a, a guy, not just another Rymel Tapia, but somebody who can be impactful. So we know we have to add that. Uh, we know that George Springer is going to move to right field eventually just to save himself. And, and this is something that the day the Jays signed George Springer, a lot of us were saying it was going to happen. He's a better right fielder than center fielder. He just is. So I think when you couple that with the fact that there are some decent outfielders in the market, I think the Jays' approach was, look, let's, let's trade Tay Oscar now. He's a year away from free agency History shows that you don't get them, get much for those guys. You get a useful bullpen arm. I mean, I don't think Eric Swanson's going to be the difference between going to the playoffs or not, but you get a useful bullpen arm. And in return, now you've got $20 million and an opening. So when you go and talk to Brandon Nemo, you know, you're not saying to him, hey, look, sign with us and then we'll trade Tay Oscar and move George to, to right and play you in center. We got an opening. Sign with us and you're our center fielder. And, and that's important in this market when you're trying to get free agents. It's important to let them know that you have an opening for them. And from the other, you know, if you look at it the other way, too, because I had a couple of people say to me, okay, that makes perfect sense. Why not sign Brandon Nemo and then trade Tay Oscar? Well, if the Jays were to sign Brandon Nemo, every other team in baseball is going to be thinking, they're going to have to dump Tay Oscar, and you're not going to get anything in return for him. Right. You're going to get even less than you got. So it, it makes sense. And it will make more sense if the Jays make the three or four other moves that we all think they need to make. Uh, I don't want to know. I don't know if it's maybe sell high is maybe the wrong words, uh, Jeff. But do you think Teoscar Hernandez has played his best baseball already in his career? Yeah, without question. Um, now I know that the peripherals will suggest that there shouldn't be a steep drop off. You know, he gets the ball in the air enough, and, and he's you know. In, incredibly strong human being and he's got opposite field power all that good stuff but there's a couple of things at play here one he's not a good defender two he is an atrocious base runner you know you think back to the number of times this year that he made mistakes on the base path and he was benched twice and you think of that june 5th game against the minnesota twins where for reasons only known to tay oscar he didn't wear sunglasses into the outfield in one of the the you know, one of the, the an after, Sunday afternoon game and cost Kevin Gossman the game in the first inning when he dropped a routine fly ball. And, you know, Teoscar's not 23 years old. He's one of the older guys on the team. So I think I, I think there was just a, there, there was a sense that it was time. You know, they weren't going to re-sign him. They need to add some lefty hitting. Yeah, they've got to, you know, they've, they've, they've got to add some lefty pitching. And, and guys, the other thing is, there's another team in this city, George, you know it well. There's another team in this city that has made a habit of running it back year after year with the same old <laughs> stuff that hasn't been good enough. Right. 
right? I mean, and, and so that's why I looked at it like this. It's not like you're breaking up a World Series team, right? It's not like the Leafs where you're, you know, you're going to have Marner, Tavares, and Nylander, and Matthews, and then a whole bunch of odds and ends underneath that. And at the end of the year, you're going to go, my God, how do we not get out of the first round? So I, I think there are a bunch of factors at work here. So you mentioned that financial flexibility is is perhaps one of the the biggest wins for the Jays in this trade. But what do we know about Eric Swanson and Adam Mako? You mentioned Swanson's not going to be a guy that comes in and is closing out high leverage situations for you necessarily. But what are these two pitchers that the Jays are getting in return? Well, he's a better middle uh, middle inning option than they have right now. Or I shouldn't say middle inning option. He's a better seventh and eighth inning option than they have right now. He doesn't throw very hard, but he's got three above average pitches. And for whatever reason, guys weren't able to hit them last year. Um, he's also got a little bit of a a little bit of a red ass in. This is a guy from Fargo, North Dakota, which automatically means that I like him from this my neck of the woods. <laughs> from Fargo, North Dakota. You know, he's he's a country boy, and he's a guy that threw at Mike Trout last year. So he, he he likes to pitch inside, and he will be another option late in the game for uh, for John Schneider. And what I really like is, <clears throat> you know, for, for a guy who doesn't throw that hard, there are no, <clears throat> pardon me, there's no platoon advantage facing him. He'll get lefties out as well as he'll get righties out. Mm. So I think he takes a lot of uh, a lot of opportunity, if you want to call it that, away from Tim Mesa. And the kid they got, the 21-year-old kid they got who who played baseball at the Vauxhall Academy in Alberta, is a complete and total wild card. Um, he's a guy who's put some weight on this year, put some muscle on. He was hitting 96, 97 in the Arizona Fall League. He's been hurt a couple of times. He's young, but he would, I think. I was doing some work today, uh, last night, and talking to some people. He'll come into the Jays minor league system probably as their ninth or tenth ranked player. So the Jays have added a little bit of depth, and um, you know, and it's I mean, it's, look, it's it's never a bad thing to have a 21 year old kid whose whose velocity has been going up year after year. And at some point, we may see him down the road. I I did talk to to a scout who has seen him for a couple of years. And if you, if you see video of him pitch, he's really odd. He's, he's really short-armed. It's kind of a weird delivery. But a lot of the scouts that see it say, you know, it's, it's the delivery and the stuff. If, if he stays healthy, it's going to play. Uh, Jeff, I know Ross Atkins was saying yesterday he was on Tim and Friends last night. It's all about run prevention for the Blue Jays maybe mm-hmm. this offseason. With that flexibility, and I know you said we, we've been talking about a left-handed bat for years here, are, are, there go, are they going to add a starter here via trade or a free agency? Which route do you think they're going to go down? There's not a lot out there in terms of starting pitching. Um, you know, I, I don't – I think they'd probably make a call on Jacob deGrom just because, I mean, why wouldn't you? But that doesn't mean that Jacob Degrom is going to come is going to come to Toronto. Um, I mean, if I'm Jacob Degrom and I've got my choice of places to go, I'm probably not going to go to the American League East. Although it's not like the National League East has been a soft touch either. But I, there's not. There, I, I don't think there's a Kevin Gossman out there this year. Um, I, I think the guy to keep an eye on is Ricky Tiedemann, who is a starter in the organization. He's He's been loosely described as a left-handed Alec Manoa. He's not as big as Manoa, but he's a young dude. Um, he's really rocketed through the system. 
I think there's an outside chance that maybe with a terrific spring training, he puts himself on the radar to make the team at some point this year. But by and large, it's going to be it's going to be Manoa, it's going to be Gossman, and it's going to be Jose Barrios. You know, they've got that contract, and they've got to figure out what they have in Jose Barrios. And I think whatever else they get in free agency, you know, man, if they could find another Ross Stripling, they'd be they'd be beside themselves. But I I, I think it's going to be if if at the end of the of, of the winter they look at their team and they say, okay, we're reasonably happy with what we have here. But man, we really need another starting pitcher. Then I think maybe you see them look at the organiz- inside the organization and go, okay, we've got some young middle infielders here. Uh, you know, what do we do with them? Maybe then you look at moving an Aurelius Martinez for a starting pitcher. But um, yeah, I don't think you're going to, unless there's a trade that materializes as a result of someone else signing a free agent contract, I don't think there's another Kevin Gossman out there this year. Uh, Jeff, we're looking forward to your coverage of the World Cup uh, along the Sportsnet radio network. Uh, for our listeners who maybe aren't huge soccer fans and going to be watching the World Cup probably uh, with a lot of interest for the first time in years, what should we expect from Team Canada in a very tough group? I mean, you've, well, I mean, first of all, the, you've got to hope that the Belgians spit out the bit as they normally do. Um, that would certainly help. Yeah, and with their uh, fake crowd in Qatar, did you see that? They didn't anyway. Yeah, I, they had a big I, fan thing that nobody showed up to. Anyway, sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. <laughs> yes, it, it's uh, yeah. yeah it's, uh, listen, we could spend an hour talking about Qatar and what a World Cup in Qatar <laughs> is going to be like. But um, look, they they it's a tough pool. Uh, I, you know, Belgium is probably of all the top ranked teams in the world one quite capable of choking in this thing. I mean, they, they've, this is their so-called golden gen. I mean, it's been their golden generation for 10 years and they, they, they just, they, they haven't shown up at major tournaments. They've got a tendency of getting hurt. Um, they're old in the back. They've got some amazing players. Kevin De Bruyne is probably the best player in the Premier League. But I think if, if Canada, it's, it's hard to tell because of the way the, the groups are set up. If Canada can somehow you know, poach a point, get a draw in, in, in one of the matches against Belgium and Croatia and beat Morocco, I think there's a chance they can go on. Croatia's another team. They're very good, but they're old, and their best player is old. So Canada's got the, you know, the youth, the athleticism. I think they've got a coach who's pretty smart tactically and is pretty good at breaking down better teams and taking advantage of teams' weaknesses. But, I mean, at the end of the day, Alfonso Davies is going to have to stay healthy. Um, I mean, he is one of the best young players in the world. He's always in any of, any of the rankings you see done in Europe. He's always among the top players in, in, in the world. And the guy to keep an eye on, if you haven't really been following Canadian soccer and all you think of is Jonathan Davies, there's two guys to keep an eye on. Jonathan David, who's one of the leading scorers in France and is a terrific player and is going to be playing at one of the big English clubs in the next two or three years, is a guy to keep an eye on. He, I'll tell you this. If Canada, if Canada does advance, I'm willing to bet he has a better tournament than Alphonso Davies because I think he's that good. Well, and the other guy to keep an eye on is Ishmael Kone, a midfielder from, from uh, CF Montreal, uh, another guy 
that uh, he had options internationally. He could have played for some African countries because of his parents, uh, his parents' place of birth. But he is a guy that is getting a lot of attention from from German league teams and from Premier League teams. So those are three guys. Those are three guys to watch. And just for pure enjoyment, Tejon Buchanan running down the side is uh, right. a sight to behold. I think they're going to be a fun team. I think they have a chance. I I, I look at this group. I've still got I've still got Belgium winning. I think Morocco's going to be better than people think they are. I don't trust Croatia and some place in there perhaps Canada can sneak in. Hmm. Uh, that'd be too bad if they knocked out Croatia from the group stage, Jeff. I'd be very <laughs> yeah, I can hear your heart bleeds from the bottom down, doesn't it? Yeah, it would. Uh, yeah, ABC, uh, Jeff. Anybody but Croatia. Uh, Jeff Blair, uh, host host of Blair and Barker, will have World Cup coverage alongside Dan Ratio. Jeff, uh, let's do this again soon. Thanks, pal. Absolutely. Thanks, boys. I enjoyed it. Keep it going. Uh, there, there he goes, Jeff Blair, on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline, brought to you by Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar. How many times? 14-time Consumer Choice Award winner. Really? Not 13, not 15. 14-time Consumer Choice Award winner. Count them up. 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast. Or call 403-248-3344. We're at the Calgary Home uh, Hospital Home Lottery. Uh, We're at the the beautiful show home, $2.7 million show home, custom built by Calbridge uh, Homes. You could win the $3 million grand prize. The deadline, the absolute final deadline is midnight tomorrow. Joining us to talk about it, uh, we had her on a few weeks ago, uh, Valerie Ball, Director of Communications and Community Engagement for um, the Hospital for uh, Home Lottery. Uh, Val, good morning. Um, good morning. Thanks for jumping on again. It's nice to see you again. Um, did you get any awkward photos taken upstairs this week or no? Well, I mean, every time here is an adventure. The house okay. is so big, you can just take right. photos wherever you want. So now I have to ask you this. <laughs> um, are, are, do you want to know who wins this home? Are you growing attached to this home because you've spent so much time oh, in it now? That Yeah. Well, so, so the thing is, is that everything you see, you get when you win the home. Like right. everything, including me. Oh, wow. Okay. So wow. Th- that's how attached I am to okay, this home. You, I am coming with this house. Hmm. So I try, you know. I try, because I know you told this last time, and I could not remember the type of uh, home decor. Oh, yes. Like what, what, what kind of style is it decorated in? Because everything yeah. here is ridiculously beautiful, ridiculously expensive. Yes. But what is the type for, for our, because our listeners definitely are into home decor. Yes. Yeah. Right. We, Big Sportsnet 960, home decor. Right. Like we eventually a podcast is going to come out. A lot of interior decorators. Yeah. Get Lots. your Pinterest ready. Are yes. you ready? You need yeah. to Google I'm this. huge on Pinterest. Yeah. yeah. So it's uh, cozy European with modern lines. Okay. Yeah. Cozy oh. European. Find that in oh. your Pinterest board. Oh. Okay. <laughs> so drink my again, coffee with like pinky. Our listeners are driving right now going, oh, okay, I know exactly Obviously, what that I is. Obviously, I totally know what that is. Totally 100%. know what that is. Um, talk about how um, this is just, uh, it's a phenomenal cause. Uh, it's a phenomenal contest. But really, this grand prize, is it's bananas. You get it's this awesome. ridiculous home. You get a ridiculous car and 200 grand in cash. Just yeah. talk about like... What, what what a life-changing thing this potentially could be for somebody else. Yeah, for sure. So this home is worth $2.7 million. Plus, we throw in that Audi Q8. So you need to, you know, decorate your driveway mm-hmm. with a nice vehicle. And then there's $200,000 in cash to spend however you want. You get to take that check to the bank. So it could be good for Christmas presents, or I maybe you so. want to be a little responsible with it, which sounds boring, but some people <laughs> like that. <laughs> But I mean, at the end of the day, like every, 
I've been part of the lottery program for a while and I've got to meet a lot of winners. I mean, it's life changing to be mortgage free, Mm. to have the option to move here um, if you want to, uh, or you could sell the house if you want. Um, But, you know, it is life changing to have an experience like this. And, uh, and of course, it's life changing for everybody that benefits too. And it's one of 2,500 ish prizes. Like, what are some of uh, your other favorites on here too? Oh, gosh, there's a ton of trips, which I feel like everybody's ready to get back out into the world and Mm -hmm. like going on vacations. I know everybody has vacations booked that I work with uh, to these like very elaborate places. So tons of vacations, tons of, there's more vehicles to be one. Um, There's a lot of things like electronics and there's gift cards to some of Calgary's favorite local restaurants Mm -hmm. and things like that. So a little bit of something for everyone and uh, all for a good cause. CalgaryHospitalHomeLottery.com is the website, and there's some add-ons as well. I know last time we were here, the 50-50 was up right near $2 million. Can you give us a little bit of an update there and tell us about the calendar? Yeah, I think it's over 2.3 right now. Oh, God, not bad. It's it's only quick math. That's yeah. over $1 million for you. That's, that's that good, I know that. That's yeah. good math. Yeah. You did really good math. And there. this isn't like winning. <laughs> and, and this isn't winning like a 50 50 at a charity event where like they kind of make you give it back. Yeah. No, so you're like, keeping that million. They <laughs> like hand it. you the check and they kind of yeah. hold on to it. Yeah. So you're like, oh, what do, do they have? They have stag and doe here. Is that what they call them here in Alberta? What, is it? what did you say? A stag and doe? A stag yeah. and doe? You both have. Like, no. I don't know what that things? is I have to teach you here while we're trying to talk about it. Oh, my gosh. Thing. A stag and doe is just essentially when people want to get married, they have a, a party. Like, a, we know what a stag is. Yeah. A stag and doe is you bring your significant other, too. Oh, okay. It's for... It's for it, they're the worst. We don't do that in Alberta. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Like, but they're but the they worst. do that in Ontario. And let me tell you, the staple of a stag and in Ontario is, here comes the tray of jello shooters. Oh, it's going to get whoa, zany. Whoa. And then nobody buys any. So at the end of the night, whoever's working the stag and gets completely sauced on jello shooters oh. because nobody bought them during the night. So here, I'll give you 10 jello shooters for a dollar. Like, okay. And then you're just sucking jello shooters <laughs> in those little fluoride paper cup yeah. Yeah. I I yeah. think we can agree we're not going to move to Ontario. Yeah, it's a hard yeah. pass for me. Yeah. yeah I yeah. like the way we do I it just here in Alberta. Can, <laughs> if you, if our listeners can actually see the blank looks on your faces when I said stag, you know, you're like, what now? What yeah. is that? Yeah. No. yeah, that's what it is. They, it's just, they suck. They're not fun. <laughs> Like, my brother had a stag. We had a blast. I don't remember a lot of my brother's stag. Yeah, that yeah. would check out. That's yeah. why it was so fun. Yeah. Stag and doe is like, you just see their couples sitting there, you know. Oh, I was going to say, go that's the, the true table. sign. The true sign of a stag and doe is yeah. everybody's kind of like, and, and, you know, is it time to go home? Yeah. Like, only, <laughs> have we fulfilled our obligation And they yet? only care about the prizes. It's not about the fun. Or yeah. The, oh, here comes the toonie toss for the big bottle of alcohol. Oh, it's so zany. <laughs> All right, just real quick. Awesome. <laughs> Sorry, got off on a tangent. It's the worst. Little They're not there. fun. It's the worst. Are and you going to one this week? When no, you go I, I hate going to them. Oh. I had to bartend my one friends. Oh. Okay, so you ready for? I know we we have to talk quick, about this, Jerry. Quick but story. real quick story. Yeah. I was bartending one of these stag and does, and uh, I did not like my friend's wife. He was marrying. They're divorced now, thankfully. Oh. Uh, but you uh, saw that coming. I though. did. Yeah. So for some, I don't know why I was working the bar, and there was a switch right behind the bar. I don't know what it did, but for some inexplicable reason, it was the sound system switch. Oh. Oh. So like she was giving away prizes, and you know, like because she was all about herself, she loved being on the microphone. And just blah, blah, blah. So what I would do randomly is, and nobody knew this, when she would talk, I would cut the sound. And then she'd be like, 
banging hello, into the microphone. Hello, is this yeah, and then, on? Hello? And then, and then I put it back on. And then, like, I would just be laughing to myself the whole time. Like, this is the best. And, like, she'd be, like, pounding the microphone. Like, what? And then I'd flip it back on and it would work. And then right in the middle, she's about to say something. I cut it again. And then when my friend was on the microphone, it would always work perfectly. But when she was on, there would always be some so, sort of technical so glitch. wrong with this yeah. girl? Well, oh, she, my God. It was You the were best. just like, oh, yeah, it's definitely you. Yeah. It's definitely you. And that's, that's <laughs> the only fun I've ever had at a stag and doe. Uh, just real quick, uh, before we go, and you've learned about stag and does, uh, just tell us where everybody can get tickets and real quick, where all these funds go to. Yeah, well, the funds support our hospitals. Calgary Health Foundation supports all our hospitals here in Calgary. So these support Peter Lougheed Center, Rocky View General Hospital, South Health Campus. Amazing work they do every day. I mean, healthcare has been challenging, no question. And these people mm-hmm. just give 150% every single day. So I want to give them the best tools that they possibly can, particularly in surgery. And the best place to do that and to support our healthcare uh, teams and our hospitals is calgaryhospitalhomelottery.com. And you can win this beautiful home with this downtown bar. I see some switches. We could see if they're connected yeah, to the, the sound system right. and uh, see if we can have oh, some fun with the other guys. So you the TV behind the bar, which is a clutch play. <laughs> it is. Cl- and they have the copper cups if you want to mix in a Moscow oh. Mule while you're watching stuff. Whoa, George easy. Knows Moscow his way, Mule. George knows yeah. his way around I can mule. see why they asked you to bartend. Ooh la la. Yeah. Me yeah. knowing what a Moscow Mule is. Uh, that's Valerie Ball, Director of Communications from Community Engagement. So for the Calgary Hospital Home Lottery. Uh, Val, thanks for doing this. Uh, We didn't let you take an – you didn't have to take an awkward photo with us on the couch. Yet. Yet. Uh, Yet. And number two, you learned what a stag and doe is. Yeah. Well, I mean, my learning curve in this show has been just so high. And I can't wait for all the photo opportunities when we're done. Yeah, for sure. Um, By the way, keep those texts rolling in at 590-590 in Toronto because I have access to the Toronto – text line yeah and uh, we've been asking our listeners um what would be the worst maple leafs victory song that they could play after a win our listeners have done a great job i like it of inundating the toronto uh text line yeah and it the the hosts on the morning show in toronto were a little mad at us they're a little upset yeah. Why? At one point, there was 25 straight texts from 403 numbers in Toronto. They Just try- sending some suggestions. Exactly. They yeah. try and do like a serious show out there, from my understanding. So yeah. it's we're, a little different. We're definitely not splitting the atom with two dumbos, Matt and I, here on the, on the radio. <laughs> Can confirm. Yeah, because if we were actually smart, we'd be doing stuff like uh, that you're doing for the Calgary Hospital Home yeah. Lottery. Helping. And people who work in hospitals and actually help people. We're just dumbo sports radio guys. Well, so think that's of all I here. learned this morning, though. Yeah, at least I mean, you learned about I'm pretty impressed. stag and does and jello shooters. Because here comes the jello yeah. shooters. Oh. Yeah. It's zany. <laughs> all right, uh, that's Cal Ball. Yep. Yeah, um, the absolute final deadline to get your tickets. Midnight tomorrow. Go get them right now. Straight ahead. Uh, we'll do Brody on the beat. Uh, soccer simplified for soccer simpletons our nfl best bets we'll also talk to our pal ross tucker jam-packed eight o'clock hour big show russick and rose sportsnet 960 the fan